My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 230 of The Kate Show. If you guys have been running a business in the home industry for more than two years, you've likely run into some nuanced marketing questions. Now, in my last episode, I did answer 10 questions for the newbies, but today I'm answering 10 questions for those of you who are a little more experienced in business, but newbies. This is still relevant to you. You need to listen to it so you know what to expect and get a little further ahead than your colleagues who have not heard this episode. And also go share it with them too, because you got to share the information. So if you have questions like, which blog post topics will resonate most with high-end clients versus the DIYers that I don't want to attract? Or which marketing tools do I actually need? I'd rather not be working with 15 different platforms. Or my pipeline dried up after years of getting business primarily through referrals, what now? If you have been asking these questions and more, you will not want to miss today's episode. Before I get into the episode, I want to share a really kind email that I got from Allison. And this is what she said. You are amazing, truly. I can't believe I found you. This is an answer to the dangling threads in my business. I don't know how to properly express how thrilled I am with your company. You have delivered beyond expectations and we've just gotten started. To meet someone who totally gets the home industry is first of all amazing. The vibe, the aesthetic, the unique marketing needs, it is gold. Thank you, Allison, for that. And guys, your kind emails, your kind reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify really mean a lot to the team and I. So keep them coming. And of course, you know, you can say other things too if you want, but we prefer the nice stuff. (laughs) If you have not left a review for the podcast yet, please go do that. Or at the very least, give me a star rating. All right. Before we get into the next stuff... I do want to give a big shout out to my sponsor, Side Door, for making this episode possible. As an interior designer, you need to stop trading hours for dollars. You need to stop feeling like the growth of your business is hinged on you burning yourself out constantly and selling your soul. Because with Side Door, you could actually stop trading hours for dollars and just sell trade-only products, earning an average commission of 30% on each sale, which is kind of smart. Not only do you have far more income potential, but you also don't have to worry about the headache of inventory or handling orders, shipping returns, or customer support like you normally would if you were selling products from your own retail store. Just curate a room package, make the sale, and get paid. Side Door does the rest. You can sell each package over and over again, like the mid-century modern living room package, for example. Or you could offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each customer. Either way, Side Door is a smart way to scale your design firm. To earn money with Side Door, apply to join them. Go to onsidedoor.com to get started. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined, automated client process that will uplevel your business, look no further. HoneyBook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. It's kind of like the Sato, but way prettier. Go to HoneyBook.com, enter code SOCIALITE to get 35% off your first two years. And again, that's share.honeybook.com forward slash SOCIALITE or use the code SOCIALITE at checkout. All right, guys, let's get into it. The 10 advanced marketing questions that you should know how to answer if you run an interior design, staging, organizing, or window treatment business. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. 
My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. The first big question that more experienced professionals in the home industry ask me about marketing has to do with the basics. Which marketing tools do you recommend? You know, I truly believe that less is more when it comes to online tools. For email marketing, MailChimp and Flowdesk are both good options. For websites, Squarespace is my top pick. If you want to use social media, Facebook has a free built-in scheduling tool called Meta Business Suite that is <laughs> mostly useful. <laughs> I mean, it's Facebook. They're a big company. Unfortunately, they build these products and they kind of half-bake them. Um, it's kind of frustrating, but I do use it and it works just fine. You know, every now and then a post will fail to publish, but that's actually true of any social media scheduling tool. And those usually cost money, but Facebook um, Meta Business Suite is free. So you can use it to schedule posts on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also use it to schedule posts in groups. You can even schedule um, stories now too, which is kind of cool. Not that I've actually ever done that because if you guys know me, I'm not really that into social media. But if you want to use that as part of your marketing, then you can at least save some money. Now, when it comes to websites, just going back to that really quick, you might use Wix, WordPress, or Weebly, and that's fine. But pretty much anyone who has one of those sites will tell you they're notoriously difficult to update. They're confusing. And WordPress especially always has plugins that are breaking or needing to be updated and not doing so affects the functionality of your website. Squarespace doesn't have any of those issues and it looks so darn beautiful. I just love it. So if you're in the business of getting a new website anytime soon, I do recommend Squarespace. All right. The next big question that I get asked is if Google likes DIY blog post topics like how to remodel your kitchen or five easy ways to organize your pantry, how can I blog that way to keep Google happy without then attracting the DIY client? So yes, it's true. Google loves blog post titles that begin with how-to, among other things. The how-to blog post can certainly be used for DIY topics like how to organize your pantry, but a custom high-end service provider doesn't necessarily want to attract the DIYer. Instead, you can take that same how-to blog post and spin it around by saying how to work with a professional organizer on your pantry project or how a professional organizer tackles the messiest pantries and so on. End your blog post with an option for them to sign up for your lead magnet or a place for the reader to book a discovery call with you because those are two things that a DIYer will not do. A DIYer doesn't want to talk to you. They just want to steal your advice, which is fine. There are plenty of other blogs out there where they can do that. But in your situation, you want them to ultimately hire you to do the thing that they do not want to do. The third question, which it like comes up all the time, is why am I not getting clients from Instagram? I need a social media manager. And every now and then someone will say, well, my colleague gets clients from Instagram, so why don't I? So there's just like all these burning questions around Instagram and getting clients from it. Now, if you've got a friend who does get clients from Instagram, go interview her, interrogate her, ask her if she's happy with the size of the project she's getting or with the quality of the clients that are coming through Instagram. Because nearly every time someone claims to get clients from Instagram, they usually follow it with, but I wish the projects were bigger. I get tired of so many little projects. 
And also ask this friend whether that lead did find her on Instagram or whether that lead actually found her somewhere else and then decided to follow her on Instagram. Because you might be surprised when your friend doesn't even know the answer to that question. Where the lead finds you first is important. Why they choose to hire you versus someone else is important. But the fact that they liked your photos or followed you on social media is not important. What we find is that most home professionals who serve that high-end client don't get clients purely from social media. Homeowners of that caliber, that luxury high-end caliber, they don't use social media that much and they certainly don't use it to make buying or hiring decisions. They will hire you because you appeared in a Google search or because one of their friends referred them to you. So that means you need to make sure your SEO and branding are really good. Speaking of SEO, the fourth question that I get asked from people who are more experienced in business is, how do I know if my website has good SEO? Now, I'm going to let you guys in on a big secret, and I don't know why this is a secret. So, so help me. I'm trying to make sure everybody knows. If your website is on a content management system, in other words, a CMS, such as Squarespace, Wix, or Weebly, don't even bother using an online tool to measure your website's SEO because it's going to dock your site every time for things like loading speed or unused JavaScript. Now you might be like, what the heck does any of that mean? So let me just kind of rephrase this. If you have a website on Squarespace, Wix, or Weebly, the online tools like PageSpeed Insights or really any tool out there who will measure the speed of your website and give you a score based on SEO, they were never meant to measure that type of website because Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, and other platforms are actually called content management systems, and that's why they're easy to use. Now, the opposite of using a content management system is to pay someone tens of thousands of dollars to hand custom code every single thing on your site. And that is when online tools like PageSpeed Insights are really helpful for measuring the performance of that website that has been custom coded from scratch. So unless you've paid someone tens of thousands of dollars to custom code your site, because that's just how much it costs, because it takes a lot of work, those tools, those free tools that say, oh, I'm going to, you know, grade your website, they won't know how to read your website and they will always give you a low score as a result. I have had people come to me like, what? What's wrong with my website? Take a look at it. I'm freaking out. And I'll go measure it and I'll be like, yeah, well, here's what's going on. And then to help them feel better, I will also share with them my website score according to the um, same tool they're using. And I'll also get a low score because I am using a content management system website, Squarespace. But the same is true of Wix or Weebly. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with my website or yours. It just means we're using the wrong way to measure it. You know, it's like, it's like trying to measure the height of a building using just one tape measure. It doesn't really work. It's not the right tool for the job. Regardless, you want to know if your site has good SEO. You can't really use one of these online grading tools. So here is a checklist that you can use instead. First of all, did you compress your images before you uploaded them to your website? That's really important. You can use a free tool like TinyPNG, or if you have WordPress, you can use a WordPress plugin to do that for free. Compression is especially important if your photos were professionally taken, since those files are often huge. Your photo should be no more than 2,000 pixels in height or width. 
Now, speaking of WordPress, I should have mentioned this earlier. WordPress is also a content management system, a CMS. So if you're trying to measure your WordPress website SEO or loading speed or whatever, uh, using an online free grading tool, you're still going to get a poor result. That's just what it is. Okay, just be okay with that. I'm so bossy today. I know. Just be okay with it, guys. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, the next thing that you need to check off your list when it comes to having good SEO is, did you change the file names of your images to reflect the location you serve and the services you offer? For example, if you are a home stager in Phoenix, Arizona, your image file names should say something like modern living room, home staging, Phoenix, Arizona, or something similar. Depends on what the picture is about. If it's a kitchen, you can say mid-century modern kitchen, home staging, Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know. Are there a lot of mid-century modern kitchens? I'm not a designer, guys. I'm sorry. I don't really know. <laughs> okay. The next thing is, does your website have headings that directly describe your ideal client and include the, this is really important in the uh, very first headline of your homepage, because here's the problem. A lot of people will open their website with talking about themselves. Like they will say, welcome to such and such interiors where we specialize in blah, blah, blah. Or they won't even say their specialty. They won't even say their geographic area. They'll just be like, we specialize in making spaces that are designed around our client's unique taste and style. It's like, okay, that's very generic. Doesn't at all tell anyone who your ideal client is or where you're located, or your specialty, or anything like that. So you have to make sure that your headings directly describe your ideal client and then have a subheading that lists your service area. And if you serve people virtually, you can include that in there as well. Along those same lines, the next thing on your checklist should be having a paragraph on your homepage, the very first paragraph, which should go underneath the very first heading, that speaks directly to your ideal client and expounds on their pain points. This will ensure that you're using the right keywords. Next, you have to look at the second paragraph of your homepage. Explain how your services solve those pain points. This, again, will ensure that you're using the right keywords. So if you are that home stager in Phoenix, Arizona, and your ideal client is a real estate agent, what are the pain points of a real estate agent in Arizona? Typically, it's things like, how can I get this listing to sell for the most possible because of their commissions, but also be a great experience for the home seller client and the home buyer client because, hey, word of mouth referral spreads like wildfire. And your job as a home stager is to make the realtor look good and to sell this listing quickly and make it really beautiful for MLS. So that's where you can expound on and here's how I address all the pain points that you're currently facing. The next thing on your checklist for good SEO should be to remove any automatic slideshows from your website, especially if they're on the home page. So I know the slideshows are fun, guys. I know it's fun, but there are a lot of problems with it. For one thing, slideshows slow down the loading speed of your website. For another thing, slideshows don't give people time to appreciate each photo of your work, and that's a real shame. And third, if you have text overlaid on those slideshows and even a call to action with a button, no one's going to be clicking on any of that because it's literally a moving target. So don't do that. Next on your checklist, does your homepage have more than a few sentences and more than a few images? Your homepage is the most important part of your website and it should have a full out sales page layout. I know that a lot of people think it's really fancy or cute to have like a cover page that's just got your main menu and one image, but that's terrible for SEO and it's terrible for conversions. So you need to have an actual full sales page layout. 
That includes things like customer testimonials. If you have those, you should have those. A photo of you, a short bio, links to your services, preview of your portfolio. If you blog, it should include your most recent blog post and it should end with a call to action. That call to action might be to check out your services or it might be to book a discovery call with you. But the layout of your homepage directly impacts your SEO and how well you get ranked and then how many new clients you get through your website. So it's really important. And then the other thing that you want to do to make sure you have good SEO is blog once a month, at least once a month. If you can do it every week or every two weeks, even better. All of these factors, image size, image file names, page layout, calls to action, all of these things, the copywriting all contribute to your on-site SEO and should be prioritized. Okay, the fifth thing that I get asked about is what is the best way to get more website traffic? And at this point, you guys already know what I'm going to say, blogging. <laughs> you need to blog twice a month for at least nine months to see results. Again, twice a month for at least nine months, after which time you'll start seeing an increase in website traffic. You should be using Google Analytics to track your website traffic and get a clear understanding of which blog posts are performing better than others and understand what people are doing when they get to your site. The effects of blogging are cumulative because the blog posts that you publish this month will serve your business well for years to come. I mean, I've got blog posts I wrote three or four years ago, and I'm actually getting tons of traffic from them still. So it's kind of cool how that works. It's not like Instagram where you post something today and then it's gone tomorrow. The sixth question that I get, oh, and this is a big emotional one. I desperately need another new client within the next month. What should I do? First of all, take a deep breath because no good decisions are made from a place of panic. In fact, it's that state of panic that often leads my clients to do things they regret, like signing a year-long advertising contract or saying yes to a horrible, absolutely awful nightmare client. Second, you need to assess what you've done so far to connect yourself with the type of client you want to work with. Often when home professionals come to my agency with an urgent need and lack of clients, it's because they've focused on the wrong things. Like they run some social media ads and Google ads and they didn't get the ads set up by a professional. And they've gone through a posting frenzy on Instagram in effort to quote unquote drum up some new business. And they've gotten no results, but they've wasted a lot of time and potentially even a lot of money. People in this position rarely have a sales funnel set up. And setting up a sales funnel is not a quick thing to do, to be honest. So you can't just expect to do it in a flash. But they're also often suffering from analysis paralysis because they're like, well, I would blog, but it's just not quite right yet. So I can't hit publish or, well, I would send an email newsletter, but I just, it's not right yet. So I can't send it. And this is what my life coach calls spinning your wheels, Like you need to go somewhere fast in your business, but you have no idea where or how. So you just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and getting nowhere. And it's the worst feeling. By the way, guys, my life coach, Andrea Libros, is pretty darn amazing. She was on the podcast a few episodes back. And since that episode, I'm now in a group coaching program with several of you guys, my listeners. So that is really, really cool. I won't give shout outs um, to who you guys are, but you know who you are. Just want to protect your confidentiality and all that and protect your privacy. Um, but it's really cool. So if you need a life and business coach, Andrea Libros is pretty darn cool. Uh, she also has a podcast, uh, The Time to Level Up. So you can go check that out. No, she's not paying me to talk about her. <laughs>
But if you are in this position where you're just spinning and spinning in your business, you can't seem to move forward, you've plateaued, your referrals have dried up, you need a new client, you don't know what to do, you're kind of getting in your own way, you know that you probably are the bottleneck in your own business, then it's time to assess what you've been doing, stop wasting time with things that aren't working, maybe hire a coach, or maybe just really buckle down on what you need to do. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by your website. Wait, what? Is this right? Yes. Your website emailed The Kate Show and did it by itself, by the way. Okay. And like asked me to tell you something. Your website said it really needs a tune up, maybe even a complete makeover. It feels bad that it can't send you more clients and it wants to make it right with you. Oh, poor website. Seriously, though, if you're ready for your website to make you look professional and attract the right clients, you need to take action. Go to katethesocialite.com to check out our beautiful website templates. They're really easy to customize, and we even tell you exactly what you should say on each page of your website so that you can start speaking directly to your ideal client while also having better SEO. Go to katethesocialite.com to pick the website design that's right for you. Third, you need to remind yourself who you're trying to target. If you're like most of my agency's clients, you're trying to target the busy homeowner with disposable income, or you're trying to connect with industry colleagues who will send clients to you, like realtors or builders. So here are the specific action steps you need to take to reach your next client. There are really just two action steps. It's actually a short list. (laughs) First, you need to send a message to your contacts that specifically asks them to refer you. Now, the easy way to do this is to use MailChimp or Flowdesk so you can send one email to everyone and be done. Or you can email people individually, but I would recommend just using a mass mailing provider. You can state exactly what type of project you're looking for or the exact service that you're offering and who it's meant to help. Because actually you can literally just ask for what you want and you might get it. (laughs) If you have a really small mailing list, that is okay. Again, your friends, family, leads, and past clients should be on your list. And then when you send out your request for referrals, you should ensure that you have a way for people to directly book a call with you from within that email. So link your Calendly or Acuity discovery call. Guys, Calendly and Acuity do have free plans. You should be using them. If you're not using them, you need to get with the program because there is no point in emailing people back and forth trying to book a call. People are more apt to book a call with you if you make it easy for them. So remove the barriers, remove the bumps in the road, send out an email saying, hey, I have room for one more client for professional organizing in the next 30 days. And I'm taking this time to specially focus on pantry organization or playroom organization or garage organization, whatever it is, pick one of those things. And the more specific you are, the higher the chance that someone will be like, oh, I need that. Or, oh, hey, I have a friend who was just complaining about how she can't seem to organize her pantry and it's driving her crazy. Oh, by the way, guys, that's that's me. That's my pantry issue. (laughs) But I'm about to move, so I can't even address it right now. Okay, so you can ask for what you want via an email. And if you say, I'm just looking for one more client, then that does create scarcity. And the truth is, like, that's not a lie. You're looking for one more client. A month from now, you're going to be looking for another client. But right now, you just need one more client. The second thing that you can be doing to get business more quickly is attend any sort of networking or public event in your area that your ideal client would also be attending. 
Don't worry about showing up with a perfect elevator pitch or a stack of business cards. Just dress professionally and be yourself. In fact, one of my clients recently shared with me that she intentionally wears an outfit that will start conversations. So bold colors, daring lines, or a really pretty dress. You can be your own icebreaker, which I thought was actually genius. When you're at this event, just walk up to people and introduce yourself or ask someone you know to introduce you. Ask people what they do for work because they're going to ask you the same question to which you can simply and concisely reply. I'm an interior designer who specializes in helping families revamp their vacation homes. Or even simpler, I'm an interior designer and I just work with making vacation homes really comfortable. And you can be that specific because if you label yourself as generic, you're the all-around designer, you're the all-around organizer or homestager, you're going to be forgettable. Instead, make yourself memorable by being hyper-specific. It's not going to alienate people who fall outside of your specialization. Instead, it will prompt them to ask more questions, which will lead to a full conversation between you and them. And conversations are far more impactful at selling than an elevator pitch. Your conversation might end with plans for a coffee date, or you might be able to give them your business card, but don't do that unless they ask for it, okay? Because the second you whip out the business card, it feels forced, it feels awkward, and people feel like they're being sold to. That's why I don't like networking events unless you can approach it in a very friendly, casual way. That's why I don't like elevator pitches, because have they ever worked? No, really, no. <laughs> If the person that you're talking to at this event starts to run out of things to say, but it seems like they still are interested in talking to you, just shift the conversation back to them and ask things like, how long have you been in your current career? How long have you lived in the area? Tell me about your family. Being a genuine, authentic human will sell more than being a perfectly polished professional ever will. All right, the seventh question that I get asked all the time for people who are more experienced in business is a rather complicated one. How can I get clients to purchase items through me and not reverse image shop, especially when some retailers are now selling trade products? Now, this is a question that someone sent to me in my DMs on Instagram, and I was like, okay, this is a good question. Let's talk about it. Because this is where building your personal brand is important. You need to create a reason for people to buy from you versus from someone else. Maybe you have a YouTube channel or a podcast, or maybe you use Side Door to sell trade products in a curated collection. The advantage to selling collections versus random products, by the way, is that you've already done the design work for your customers, making your collections more enticing. And that is the thing that a lot of people struggle with when they're trying to sell products on their website. They just have like random side tables, random area rugs. Maybe you use Side Door for that. Maybe you're just literally selling your own products. The problem is you're trying to sell them without context. If you can sell them in collections and then allow people to purchase the entire collection or just parts of the collection, knowing that each piece works well with the next and looks good together, now you've given context to the piece and now it is more likely to entice someone who wants it. However, at the end of the day, just know that no matter what you do, the DIYers, the cheapos, will still shop around you and that is okay. They were never your client to begin with because they don't value your services. They're just looking for the best deal. It's fine. Don't let them distract you from serving clients who actually do appreciate your work. There is no point chasing down or trying to convince or convert a DIYer who 
just doesn't want to do anything but DIY. So the question, how do I get clients to purchase through me and not reverse image shop? The answer is to go after different clients. The eighth question that I get asked is, what is the best way to sell trade products using Side Door when so many other designers are also using Side Door now? Okay, it's true. Side Door has amassed many users since, since their launch a few years ago. It's also true that most of their users are using improper selling techniques. This I know because I have an inside with Side Door. <laughs> you guys know this. But this gives you an advantage. It doesn't matter how many people are trying to sell through Side Door. It only matters whether you personally are doing it correctly. So the big mistakes that interior designers make on Side Door include creating collections of specific products, like I mentioned earlier. So area rugs, side tables that make their potential customers then have to sift through, shop, and curate a look for themselves. This does not do the design work ahead of time, and therefore it's not really providing that much value. And that directly lowers the sellability of the collection. Another problem is creating generic collections like the living room. And that doesn't speak to a certain design style, lifestyle, or demographic. When curating your collections on Side Door, make sure you're doing that work with a specific client in mind, even if that client is imaginary. Let's say you're curating a home office collection for the work at home mom. And I always use those work at home, stay at home mom things because that's kind of me right now. <laughs> I work from home. I want stuff tailored to me. If you try to give me a side door collection that is for the empty nester or that is for someone who never had kids or someone who has a very uh, edgy style, I want nothing to do with it. But if you create a collection based on the specific type of client, then not only will you be taking into account her needs, for the space, her pain points, the average size that her office probably is, um, you're going to be able to sell. And that is going to make all the difference. Um, another thing that people will not do that really limits how well they sell inside door is forgetting to create mood boards for each collection. A mood board helps, again, give context to all those pieces. And if you aren't providing a mood board, it prevents potential customers from seeing how the pieces look together. The average homeowner cannot visualize spaces like you can, and that's why you need to do it for them. Now, the tactics for selling successfully on Side Door include creating specific curated room packages centered on a certain design style lifestyle. You get the idea creating mood boards for each collection and sharing photos of the pieces being used in real life if you have them. Drive traffic to your side door collections by blogging about each collection. And you can create blog posts that are specific to a certain lifestyle aesthetics or just, like I said, certain collections. You can introduce some key pieces and explain how they could be used in a space. You can also feature collections in your monthly newsletter to alert your existing audience that they have the option to purchase a curated room from you. And it really can be that simple. It's just that a lot of people aren't doing it. They think that social media is the answer. But again, the type of person who will spend the type of money that they need to spend in order to buy a trade-only product from you through Side Door, they're not even actively on social media. So it ends up being a case of seriously barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> All right. So the ninth question that I get asked is, what tools should I be using to create and sell digital products like templates or eBooks? Digital products seem to be on the rise for people in the home industry. That's great, but uh, it's not that easy, okay? It is easy once it's set up, 
because then all you have to do is market it and people are rolling their eyes like, oh yeah, all we have to do is market it. That's a lot. But it's actually quite a bit of work to get set up. And this does depend on the website platform that you're using. If you're using Squarespace, you don't need any extra tools or platforms to sell. You can just add a shop page to your website, set up your product, connect Stripe or PayPal, and start selling. If you're using a WordPress site, you'll need to use an e-commerce plugin. If you're using Wix or Weebly, you also have e-commerce ability. Other options include Shopify or Etsy, but try to avoid Etsy because you'll just be paying additional unexpected fees. It's better to own your e-commerce, and that means keeping it native to your own website, meaning the checkout happens on your own website. Unless, of course, you're working through Sidor, that's completely different because that's a physical product, but this is about digital products. With digital products, the checkout should happen on your own site. To create your digital products, you could use something robust like Adobe Illustrator, or you could use something more attainable like Canva. I love Canva. You would need to have a pro Canva account, and most of all, you would need to create a digital product that is valuable and proven to be wanted by your target audience. Because here's the thing, it's actually fairly easy to set up a digital product shop, but the difficult, tedious part of it is creating the actual products. When home professionals ask me to consult with them on why their digital products aren't selling, it's usually because the product itself isn't sellable. This can be disheartening to hear, but it's better to know early on before thousands of marketing or ad dollars have been spent on something that simply won't ever sell. In order to sell effectively, you first need a viable product. You then need to create visuals for that product, including mock-ups, images, and videos. Lastly, you'll need to market your products via, well, you guessed it, blogging and marketing via email. And perhaps even social media, it depends on who you're selling to. Uh, social media is not effective for selling services to homeowners, but social media does have proven success in selling digital products. So if you're selling things to other interior designers or what have you, that's a whole other conversation. The 10th and final question it's a pretty big one, and that is how long does it take to see results from marketing? Well, this depends on a number of factors, including how intense your marketing strategy is, the quality of your professional and personal circles, and whether you've identified and aligned your business with your ideal client. If you don't know who your ideal client is, there's no way that you're aligned and there's no way that you've been able to specialize and marketing is going to be a real drag. But if you know who your ideal client is and you've started tailoring your services to them, if everything on your website speaks exactly to their needs if more, more than it talks about you, then you're on the right track. Now, here are some marketing tips from successful interior designers and home stagers and window treatment professionals and organizers that I want to share with you. Because over the years, my clients have shared their tricks for growing a successful business, even when the economy is down, even when it's slow. So I just want to share three beautiful nuggets of advice with you. The first one, my, one of my clients said this, I'm always marketing. When I'm busy with clients, I'm marketing. When things are slow, I'm marketing. This brings me a steady stream of work and reliable income. Another client shared with me, I stopped worrying about looking perfect. I stopped micromanaging the people that I hired to help me. And guys, that is huge because I can tell you right now, when someone hires my agency to do email marketing for them, for example, and we say, okay, we need this, this, and this from you. And we take that and we create something. And then they're like, no, that's not right. No, we don't want to do it this way. And to a certain point, there is such a thing as personal preference, which we will always acknowledge and work with. But it can get to the point where they micromanage it 
to the point where it becomes ineffective and it is no longer useful. And it's a huge waste of their time and energy to micromanage professionals that they chose to hire. And I know that you guys have experienced this too. Like if you're an organizer and you know the right organizational systems that will really help your client and the client wants nothing to do with it. They also don't want to get rid of their stuff. So it becomes a real problem. It's like, why'd you even hire me? So that's why I really love this piece of advice. I stopped worrying about looking perfect and I stopped micromanaging the people that I hired to help me. The other thing about that statement is I stopped worrying about looking perfect. That means they stopped overthinking things. The blog post is fine. Publish it. The newsletter's fine. Send it. No, it's not perfect, but is anything in life perfect? With the blog post, you can always go back and tweak it later, but hopefully you've got better things to do than overly tweak a blog post. The third piece of advice kind of piggybacks along with this, and it says, I no longer overthink each piece of marketing that goes out. I know it's all talking to my ideal person. Getting stuck in the weeds was preventing me from getting any marketing into the world. I also realized there isn't one specific piece of marketing that will just boom, grow my business. My success is a culmination of time and intention. And that's beautiful because I recently read a rather hilarious and all true statement from an article in Builder Magazine that speaks to this perfectly of, you know, no longer getting stuck in the weeds and no longer thinking there's going to be a magic potion that just makes the business explode. And this comes from Kevin Oakley of Builder Magazine, which I kind of would like to have him on the podcast, but let me just share with you what he said. He said, a prospective buyer sees a builder ad on Instagram, you know, for example, and they're referred to that same builder by a friend who works with a realtor. Ultimately, they submit a lead after searching new homes in such and such place, Dublin, Ohio, whatever it is, on Google, and they end up visiting the website for the eighth time in the past 45 days. So this same person, they saw an ad and they were referred and they went to the website themselves. So each party involved in that consumer's journey, so Google, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, um, they're all clamoring for recognition by the market, eager to stake a claim to a portion of lead attribution or as a source of qualified traffic to the site. The problem is, Kevin says, many of the tools used in the home industry were built uh, for shorter, less complex sales cycles. So what does all this mean? It means that that person who hired you seemingly because of Instagram was actually referred to you by someone else and they checked out your website on their own and then they followed you on Instagram because they were still thinking about it and they signed up for your lead magnet because they're kind of interested and that's all great and good and that's what's supposed to happen. It doesn't mean that you got the client because of Instagram. Okay, it does not. And it also doesn't mean that you got the client just because of your lead magnet. It's because of a word of mouth referral. It's because not just word of mouth referral, but they got to your website and they were like, oh, my friend was right. They're a really great designer, organizer, stager, whatever you are. All these things work together. And like Kevin said in that article, the problem is that a lot of the ways people try to measure um, where they're getting their leads or track their leads, um, they're not even using the right tools because the, a lot of the sales tools out there that track conversions were built for a shorter, less complex sales cycle. But while it might take someone just a few weeks or even a few days to decide whether they're going to buy a new t-shirt online, the time it takes for someone to research an interior designer and decide whether they're going to hire him or her can take years 
heck, even in my business, like the social agency, there are people who will listen to the podcast for years and then they'll get on my mailing list for months and then they'll reach out and ask if they can become a client. It's a long sales cycle and that's okay, but that also means we can't measure our businesses the same way people are measuring you know, selling retail products or software as a service products. It's not the same thing. So I really liked that insight from Kevin Oakley in Builder Magazine. And like I said, I kind of like to have him on the podcast because he does marketing for builders. So that would be very interesting to hear from the other side of the coin, because I know a lot of you interior designers are trying to get connected with builders. So it'd be, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to pick his brain and see what he has to say about all the builders that he has helped grow exponentially. So I don't know, just kind of thinking out loud here. I'd like to have him on the show. All right, guys. I know this was a lot. It's always a lot, right? This ended up being a longer episode. <laughs> uh, if you have questions that I did not answer, please DM me or email me because uh, we can make another episode. Like, I want to make sure you guys get your questions answered. Now, the parting gift that I have for you today is a marketing calendar, completely free to you. If you would like to get a marketing calendar for your home industry business, go to the Kate showpodcast.com or you can just go to katethesocialite.com either way you'll see at the very top of your screen click on it sign up and get connected you'll also get some special audio training from me I will show up in your inbox every two weeks for the next six weeks and you're also going to get a Canva template that you can modify and use as your marketing calendar all right guys until next time keep your marketing simple your message clear and I will talk to you soon Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.